Happy Monday to you. Now, today on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, let's deep dive new Toronto Blue Jay flamethrower Jordan Hicks, plus what's next for the Blue Jays with the trade deadline being tomorrow. And in the last segment, let's get set for this massive series as the first place, yes, the first place Baltimore Orioles are in the six for a four-game series. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. First year as the host of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. Locked On Blue Jay podcast has been around. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, of course, your team every day. But in my own personal life, oh boy, I've been locked on the Toronto Blue Jays ever since I can remember Toronto Blue Jay baseball, a big deal for me. It's a big deal for my family as well. So like I do very literally every day on every show, I thank you for spending part of your time, uh, spending part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. I'm so proud to, you know, when I talk about the Locked on Blue Jay podcast, as it is the only daily Toronto Blue Jay podcast going so tune in monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday we're going to be talking blue jays all week long all all season long if you're taking in today's episode on the locked on blue jay youtube page want to thank you for that please uh, hit that like drop that comment hit that subscribe want to shout out a few new subscribers that i've seen recently uh, eric arbo eric i hope i'm getting that last name right uh, Christian Burns and Darts. Thank you all for hitting that subscribe. Welcome as we as we go through the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays season together. And of course, to the everydayers making the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen. Hello and thank you as well. Hit that five-star rating and leave that comment, please, and thank you. Now, since we last spoke on Friday, I mean, yes, the Blue Jays did blow an opportunity for the sweep on Sunday. I, we could we could get into that. That could be a good, bad, and ugly segment on its own. I thought John Schneider, again, was just terrible on Sunday. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, anyway, and, and the hitting with runners in scoring position. Okay, I'm going to get on, on, off on a tangent here. We want to get into Jordan Hicks there, so I'll digress. But, you know, all in all, big picture-wise, you take two to three from Anaheim, you're going to be happy. I I'm disappointed at the opportunity because it was an opportunity to sweep the Angels and be done with them as far as a team that could potentially catch the Blue Jays. I still don't think they are a team that could potentially catch the Blue Jays, but from a math standpoint, it could have been massive to get that sweep on Sunday. But what did happen on Sunday after the game was the trade bringing in Jordan Hicks from the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm very excited about that. And so we're going to deep dive Jordan Hicks here. We're also going to take a look at what could be next for the Toronto Blue Jays in this absolute seller's market. And then, of course, later on, we'll we'll close the show by getting set for this very, very important Baltimore Orioles four-game series. Sam Robertson, I mean, you talk about a seller's market. Wow. I love the idea of getting Jordan Hicks. Every day, as we'll remember, we talked about Jordan Hicks last week. I very much wanted him to become a Toronto Blue Jay. I was skeptical because the, you know, the the Cardinals were trying to do a long-term deal with him, and he's so awesome. Why, why wouldn't they want to, right? And I was skeptical as well because I knew the asking price would be a lot if he became made available. It, it, it all happened. He was he was made available. The bidding war happened. It's a seller's market. So the, the Blue Jays paid a price here. Let's start there. I mean, Sam Robersay, only Ricky Tiedemann and Brandon Barrera and, and, and the entire organization are higher ranked pitching prospect than than Sam Robersay. So and and a lot of people, a lot of people have given up on Adam Kloffenstein, uh, King Kloff there. But uh, I mean, he's in double A New Hampshire this season and pitching extremely well. You can sort of see at least on the surface, why people have moved on, why they have given up on Kloffenstein. But, man, the, the, 
the, the, the reason he was such a highly thought of prospect, you know, just a couple seasons ago, those things have been on display at double A New Hampshire this season. He's been outstanding. So I think the St. Louis Cardinals did well for themselves. And I say that now their, their, their top choice would have been to re up long term with Jordan Hicks, but they, they couldn't come to terms there. We'll, we'll look at that in a moment here. Now, as a side note and, and, I mean, I don't have any inside information. This is absolute speculation, but I'm just wondering, is, is is it worth, you know, mentioning that with the Blue Jays' willingness to meet such a high asking price from St. Louis for potentially a rental here, could that signal or could that indicate that the injury to Jordan Romano is worse than we're being led to believe? Hmm, a definite development or, or definitely a storyline we'll have to keep our eye on, right, in these coming days. Now, just like the Blue Jays, the St. Louis Cardinals were swept in the wild card round last year. Now, Jordan Hicks pitched in both games for St. Louis and got the job done each time. So from a big stage standpoint, I'm excited about adding Jordan Hicks. On the season, he's got a 1-6 record. Now, that's 0-4 at home. And watch this now, because this is massively important. This is You're talking about a cause for optimism. 3.67 ERA, but 6.33 of that is on the road. He's got a 6.33 ERA. I beg your pardon, in St. Louis. I'm so sorry, I'm screwing that up. In St. Louis, on the road. So in any other ballpark this season, other than St. Louis, 0.87 ERA. Is that good? Is that going to work? Holy moly. I have no idea why. Maybe Jordan Hicks will reveal this one day, but for whatever reason, the mound, the atmosphere, the sightline, I don't know, for whatever reason, pitching in St. Louis, his entire career, to be honest with you, was an issue for Jordan Hicks. Anywhere outside of St. Louis, he has been cash money. He had abandoned his four-seamer, but it's back this season. He'd abandoned it the last couple of seasons. It's back, and um, it averages 104. It topped out this season. Uh, sorry, it averages 101, beg your pardon. It topped out this season at 104.3. Holy moly, holy moly. Blue Jay fan base been looking for a flamethrower. Hoped it would be Nate Pearson. Well, it's Jordan Hicks. He had been a sinker and slider pitcher. Coming into this season, the sinker is always going to be his number one pitch. I mean, his sinker averages over 100 miles per hour and has insane movement. It is, if you haven't seen it already, consider yourself, you're going to be in for an absolute treat. And his slider, again, he used to be just a sinker slider pitcher. The fastball is back. The slider is pretty much out. He's thrown a, he has thrown him a few uh, this season, but no, not with any success. The slider is out and the sweeper is in. Jordan Romano. Uh, what a Jordan Romano, I beg your pardon, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Romano, Jordan Hicks. Again, he's topped out at 104.3 this season. My goodness. I mean, this guy's upside is wow, wow, wow. And he's added a, sleep, a, a sweeper pitch this season. He's got 20 strikeouts on that sweeper. Opponents are hitting under 100 on that sweeper. So he already shows up with a fastball that can reach 104. He already shows up with a sinker with sick movement that's going to be 100, 101. Now he's throwing the sweeper into the mix as well. I am loving it. You're definitely going to see Jordan Hicks at the back end of this bullpen. So, you know, late in the game, the eight and ninth innings. In high leverage situations this season, opponents hitting just 212 and just a 602 OPS against Jordan Hicks. When the lights have been bright, he's performed. Again, in, including last year's playoffs, right? We've got the the Blue Jays have the Cubs coming up on on their schedule. They have their and 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 the Red Sox as well. Jordan Hicks this season has a save against the Cubs. He's pitched three innings against the Cubs, has four strikeouts. He's he, he struck out the side against the Boston Red Sox. With, with the teams coming up on the Blue Jays schedule for the rest of the season, 
and, and Jordan Hicks having faced some of these guys already this season. He's he's faced the teams coming up 11 innings pitched, just two runs allowed on seven hits, just three walks and 11 strikeouts. So Jordan Hicks, I think, I mean, this guy is going to really fit in. I'm so excited. The last month and a half, he's been the St. Louis Cardinals closer. He's had nine save opportunities. He's converted eight of those nines. Now, I will say this, and only three of those nine save opportunities did he go three up, three down. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of clean innings from Jordan Hicks. Needs to get the walks a little bit better than than what they have been, and and he does he he'll, he'll, he will get give up some hits. Yes, you're going to have base runners, but the thing is, his stuff is just so good and just so nasty that it's so difficult for opposing teams to string together, you know, a walk and a couple of hits. You, with that walk and a couple of hits, even with the free walk in there, the couple hits part means you got to square up that ball, get a hit a couple of times to get a rally going against Jordan Hicks. And that is long odds. And the, the idea of squaring up the ball and taking Jordan Hicks out of the ballpark, again, I'm going to say long odds. When you look at the, the fact that as well, that this is an impending free agent. So that was, I think that was something that would be important for the Blue Jays. They did pay a price here, but if if uh, Hicks had contractual certainty going forward, it, his asking price would have been you know even more, if you can believe that. But yes, impending free agent, couldn't get, as we were mentioning earlier, couldn't get the extension uh, agreed to with the Cardinals. He's going to become a free agent, certainly going to be in that $12 million plus you know, annually uh, range, if not more. Definitely going to become a free agent. Now, here's the thing. If you're the Toronto Blue Jays, if Jordan Hicks works out here, and I can't say you're pot committed, you paid a price here for him. There's no doubt about it. This is, you know, this is this is very significant, at least for 2023. If you if it works out and you're the Blue Jays and you want this to be a significant relationship going forward, I could see the Blue Jays meeting the asking price as pricey as it would be for Jordan Hicks. Again, if they see that he's going to work out, if they see that his stuff is going to translate as as well as 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 I think, as well as they seem to think it's going to translate. And I say that because you look at the end of the season, I mean, the, uh, Matt Chapman's contract coming off the books, Hyunjin Ryu's contract coming off the books, uh, Whit Merrifield's contract coming off the books, Brendan Belt's contract coming off the books, Kevin Kiermeyer's contract coming off the books. Now, I don't necessarily think the Blue Jays lose all five of those guys, but I for sure think they lose at least three of those guys. And maybe four, and, and losing all five is very much on the table. Let me, let me say very much on the table. I just don't think they will lose all five, but it's very much on the table. They'll lose at least, as sure as we're having this conversation, three of those five will not be Toronto Blue Jays going forward. Now, in a lot of situations, it's not a cupboard bear. Like, it's not a, a woe is me scenario. Don't get me wrong there. No need for concern. The Blue Jays have in-house options to replace a lot of these guys, and I'm very excited about That's That's for another day. But just the point being that that money, so much money coming off the books there, the Blue Jays could step up and make a big offer to, to Jordan Hicks if things are going to work out, right? Now, speaking of things work out, what would that look like? Well, right now you've got Eric, uh, Eric Swanson. His career high for appearances on a season is 57. He's already at 49. Jimmy Garcia, career high in appearances is 64. He's already at 48. Trevor Richards on pace for way more innings pitched than he's ever had as a reliever. Jordan Romano, been in the 60s for appearances the last two seasons. He was sure to get there again this season if the injury didn't derail him there. Even Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson had 17 career career appearances coming into this season. He's got 30 so far this season. So my, my goodness, this this is the bullpen has been tiring out right before our eyes. It's been getting taxed and, and stretched thin right before our eyes. Well, the depth that Jordan that just walked in the door with Jordan Hicks, very, very exciting. The depth and the stuff that Jordan Hicks walks into the Toronto Blue Jay Clubhouse with, very exciting. And let's, of course, remember Chad Green. We have an impending return of Chad Green, who is awesome, awesome. So the back of this Blue Jay bullpen 
getting significant shots in the arms. Everydayers know that I still haven't given up hope that Ricky Tiedemann gives the back of this bullpen a shot in the arm as well. But hey, A, that's for another day. And B, even if that doesn't happen, man, the cupboard is not bare uh, for uh, for this Toronto Blue Jay bullpen right now. Absolutely loving it. And another thing I'll say about this trade as well, it's interesting to see how the timing of it works out. Because if this trade had taken place at the deadline, then Jordan Hicks probably misses, he misses at least almost all. He might miss downright all of this upcoming Orioles series, right? So let's see, be interested to see if Jordan Hicks uh, plays uh, plays a, a neat role, plays an important role for the Toronto Blue Jays in this Baltimore Orioles series. Coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, now that we've deep dived Jordan Hicks, I hope you're every bit as excited about him as I am. Let's take a look at what might be next on the trade market as the trade deadline rapidly approaches for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, first, I wanted to talk about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. Yes, that is correct. That is right. You did hear that correctly. Bet just $20. You can get up to $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose that $20 bet. So that's 200 you can spend betting everything, I mean, from money lines to over-unders to who you think is going to get the home run, et cetera, et cetera, you name it all on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. My favorite part, yes, indeed. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, I figured Sam Robersay would be a Toronto Blue Jay prospect that was traded, but hmm, what would be next or what could be next? It does seem like a trade for Tommy Pham is inevitable. Now, the Mets trading Tommy Pham, that is inevitable. That is happening, but it, it, it's seeming a lot like it could well be the Toronto Blue Jays. The New York Mets, I mean, we've seen, right? They've signaled that, that they are sellers. I think I saw a story as well that the uh, the Mets are on their way to Kansas City for a uh, for a series now, and Tommy Pham didn't even join. Like, he's just aware that he's about to be traded. Again, I, I think it does look like it very much could be the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, would the Mets want a Kevin Biggio or a Santiago Espinal? For me, that would work. Uh, now, perhaps even more possible is a Nate Pearson for a Tommy Pham. That is one thing that would not surprise me here if, if to see Nate Pearson, by the way, to see Nate Pearson involved in a trade here, uh, a team on the other end that still sees his upside, still sees his potential, believes that there's a thing or two that they can help, you know, tweak for him to get him to his upside, to get him to his potential. Same thing the Blue Jays are trying to do right now with Yenesis Cabrera. Same thing the Blue Jays will try to do with Jordan Hicks. Same things we've seen <laughs> teams do many times, right, in baseball history. So I do think teams will have interest in, in Nate Pearson. Could the New York Mets be one of them? Now, Tommy Pham, why Tommy Pham? I mean, Blue Jays have really struggled against left-handed pitchers, uh, in particular uh, the outfielders. Well, Tommy Pham, eight of his 11 home runs this season have come against lefties. In his career, he's an 846, uh, yeah, 846 OPS versus lefties. That's, I mean, that that's pretty good. And the, he's hit very well this season with runners in scoring position, where the Toronto Blue Jays have not hit well with runners in scoring position. Bringing in a Tommy Pham would not add to that. In fact, you have to hope that bringing in a Tommy Pham helps correct, helps fix, helps improve some of that hitting with runners in scoring position. This would give the Blue Jays a two righties and two lefties as the four outfielders, allowing Whit Merrifield to be the everyday second baseman, as hopefully you can get a piece of the puzzle in exchange for one of or both of Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal. 
as we sit here discussing Toronto Blue Jay baseball on July 31st, trade deadline tomorrow on Tuesday, there's no possible way that when you tune into the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast on Wednesday, that both Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal could still be Toronto Blue Jays, right? I mean, that's not even on the table, right? I can't imagine that's even on the table. I think one or both will be moved. And again, I'm going to predict Nate Pearson's moved as well, but well, time will tell on that one. Now, what else could be next for the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, every day as we'll remember last week, we did a lot of deep diving into, into possible Toronto Blue Jay trades. I, I was vocal on ones that I wanted, that I, that I was looking for. We did look at a Marcus Stroman trade and hoped it could get expanded to include Julian Merriweather, a massive trade, you know, a massive homecoming trade. And we and we dreamt big there too and wondered if a Cody Bellinger could be involved there. But since then, I mean, even with the, uh, yesterday's loss, the, club, the the Cubs are still the hottest team in all of baseball. They've gotten over 500 and I think way more likely going to be buyers than sellers at this deadline. So I think any hope of a major homecoming trade with Stro- at least Stroman, if not Stroman and Merriweather, and any pipe dreams of Bellinger, uh, to me, I, I think those are out the window at this point. And we looked at the other Chicago team as well, the White Sox. Well, since then, Lucas Giolito and Joe Kelly were both traded. I, I was interested in, in both for the Blue Jays. Now, this Hicks, the Jordan Hicks acquisition plus Chad Green's impending return likely rules out Liam Hendricks for the Blue Jays. We had looked at him as well. The other White Sox we looked at that I, I know a lot of Toronto Blue Jay fans, I mean, aren't aren't excited about this. I'm saying go ahead and get excited about it. And I think it could still be in play. And I would be in, I still would be in just like I was last week for Tim Anderson. I think Tim Anderson could be this deadline's Whit Merrifield for the Toronto Blue Jays. Not in that, you know, he's as versatile as Whit, but I'm talking about a veteran having a down season because he knew at some point, you know, he was going to be traded. So sort of one foot in the door and one foot out the door. So tough for, tough for him mentally and could really see his season get kickstarted in Toronto. Talk about the Blue Jays' issues against left-handed pitchers. Well, this season, Tim Anderson's hitting 354 against lefties. 330 in his career against lefties. I mean, these are big numbers. These are significant numbers. Tim Anderson, yes, having a terrible season overall, but did hit 300 in July or is hitting 300 in July. Throughout his career in August and September, these always have been huge months for for Tim Anderson as well. And that includes when the lights are the brightest come playoff time. Tim Anderson has played in seven playoff games in his career. He's got three hits. In five of those seven games, this guy performs in August and September down the stretch and then come playoff time, a motivated and engaged Tim Anderson, which he would become leaving that mess in Chicago and with the White Sox and coming to the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays and and beyond Toronto Blue Jays. I think it would rejuvenate, get, get a spark going with Tim Anderson, and I think the Toronto Blue Jays would benefit from it. We also last week looked at the Pittsburgh Pirates. My top three relief pitcher hopes for the trade deadline were Jordan Hicks, Josh Hader. Now, it looks like the the Padres won't be sellers, so I think that opportunity is not there. And, of course, it would have been a bidding. It would have been very difficult to land uh, Hader anyway. And the Pirates, I would have loved to have Dave Bednar. I'm a huge David Bednar fan. But I just can't imagine that the Blue Jays are in on the, I mean, no doubt, pricey Bednar again. I haven't really heard you know, anything concrete that Bednar's even been made available. When you look at how Pittsburgh's season has turned out, nowhere close to what they thought it was going to be. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Bednar was made available. It would be quite a feeding frenzy. I mean, it, it would be it would be quite a bidding war that 
you know, honestly, the Blue Jays might have to, to bow out of early, but still, those are the three that I wanted. So we did look at Bednar, but of course, we, I mean, with this Jordan Hicks acquisition, just not happening, right? But in Pittsburgh, we can still keep our sights set. I've still, I'm still looking at the other pitcher we talked about, not a reliever, but a starter in Mitch Keller. With the Alec Manoa uncertainty, tomorrow we're going to have Hyunjin Ryu come back, but wouldn't we still have to classify that as uncertainty? I would love to have Mitch Keller come into the mix. He's a career best season he's having for strikeouts. Just like David Bednar this season, actually, Mitch Keller represented the Pittsburgh Pirates in the All-Star game. He was an All-Star this season. He's having a very good season. He's pitched really well this season as well. You, You look at how poorly the Blue Jays have done against division foes. I don't think he's pitched against the Yankees this season, but he's pitched really well. Mitch Keller has this season versus the Red Sox. He pitched really well versus the Rays, and he had an absolute gem. One of the best games I've seen this season was Mitch Keller and the Pittsburgh Pirates, or the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates at Baltimore. Now let's get Mitch Keller with this Toronto Blue Jay lineup behind him. I think it could be really exciting, actually, really exciting. And if you're looking for that veteran outfielder as well, in, in this scenario, right, because Whit Merrifield would be getting everyday at-bats at second base because, again, tell me that Kevin Biggio and or Santiago Espinal are about to be traded, please. So you, you look at a guy like Andrew McCutcheon. Now, it doesn't look like the Pirates are going to trade Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, we, we were talking last week that if you're a fan base and you see that your team does acquire Andrew McCutcheon, get really excited because it would be something McCutcheon really wanted. The Pirates aren't sending him somewhere. You, you know, the, the, the they'll be working hand-in-hand in, hand in this deal here. So if if McCutcheon does become a Blue Jay, it's because he would want to be a part of this, and he's an impending free agent, so the price would be right. It'd be more like Pittsburgh doing a favor for him on his way out the door with them. And he's not even having a half-bad season. He, he leads their team with a two fifty eight batting average, and he leads the Pirates with a three eighty on on-base percentage. I mean, he's he's been good. He's been good. Now let's get into a very important series. My goodness, one of the... It's got to be one of the more important series of the 2023 season for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I don't know that coming into the season, I would have seen this series. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't have seen this coming, that it is such an important series. I mean, every day is no. I, I saw the Baltimore Orioles coming, absolutely yes. But I thought that they were coming as of next year. I have no idea how they're so good already. I think their starting pitching is awful. But I mean, I mean, I mean clearly, I, I don't know. Anyway, the bullpen is awesome. Uh, they're, they're, they're getting better offensive production. Anyway, we, you, you see very clearly, we, we've seen with our own eyes, the Baltimore Orioles in 2023 have been very, very legit. Come into this series as the first place Baltimore Orioles and come into this series already 5-1 and one this season versus the Blue Jays. Now, a, a very definite place to start for the Toronto Blue Jays as to how can they improve you know, down the stretch against the Baltimore Orioles. Keep these guys in the ballpark. Keep these guys in the ballpark. I believe in the six games, there's only been one where Baltimore didn't go deep. And, and if I remember correctly, Baltimore still even won that game. But 11 home runs in these six games the Orioles have hit. And a lot of those came in that three-game sweep back in May right here at the Rogers Center. So, I mean, the, and the these two teams here, the Blue Jays were on a run between 2019 and last season. Uh, there was a 40-game span where the Blue Jays were 32-8 and eight versus the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, I was loving life when the Baltimore Orioles were on the Blue Jays' schedule. Since then, these two have gotten together 25 times. And in the last 25 times these two teams have played, the Toronto Blue Jays have 10 wins. 10 wins in the last 25 games against the Baltimore Orioles, directly on the heels of 32 wins out of 40. Holy moly. So the once domination that existed 
Blue Jays over Orioles, unfortunately, has definitely taken a turn, and this season has so far been very ugly. In the last couple of months, the Toronto Blue Jays, believe it or not, actually have the best record in baseball. But the thing is, they've gained half a game on the Baltimore Orioles in that span. Holy moly, holy moly. Now, the Orioles will be without two of their best hitters in this series, Aaron Hicks and Cedric Mullins, both on the injured list. The Cedric Mullins, uh, back in that series in May at Rogers Center, had seven hits in that series, had a five-hit game in that series, and we know Cedric Mullins is awesome. So never want to see someone hurt, but, I mean, not necessarily uh, a saddened to not see Cedric Mullins, right? The Orioles come into this game. They are a major league best 32-20 and 20 on the road. Blue Jays are 29-21 and 21 at home. That's pretty good but Orioles 32 and 20 at home I'm gonna have to say that's outstanding now the key in this series for the Toronto Blue Jays will be scoring early they've had some success lately with getting add-on runs to really help win some games lately against this Baltimore bullpen though man I just don't see it I just don't see it it's long odds anyway I'll say that so the Blue Jays are gonna have to score against Baltimore's starters this series now, this series will see the return for the first time since June 1st of 2022 of Hyunjin Ryu. This series will see one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, Grayson Rodriguez. For G-Rod, this will be his second start in his rookie season versus the Blue Jays. He was sent down shortly after his last time out versus the Blue Jays when he faced them back in that series in May. But back on the MLB level for over the last two weeks and unfortunately have to say i have to admit i have to pride myself on calling it the way i see it have to admit he's been really good and he's looking really good and really it was just a matter of time he, he wasn't great the first uh, go around you know had his rookie season went back down uh, uh, you know figured some things out and came and he's come back up to the, the major league level and he's looking very exciting for the baltimore orioles unfortunately <laughs> Again, last time in Toronto, this was a three-game sweep for the Orioles. You might remember that it was a 6-2 easy work victory on Friday night. It was a weekend series. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle hitting a three-run home run in the second inning. And uh, off Yusei Kikuchi and the Orioles never looked back. Now, of course, you're sitting there saying, of course, Mountcastle did. He always beats the Blue Jays. Well, Mountcastle in that series against the Blue Jays this season is only one for 13. He had that home run. That was in his first at-bat. Three-run three shot again against the Kikuchi. That's the only hit he's had against the Blue Jays this season. They've done well against him. But they, we'll get to some other people that they're going to have to pay attention to in this series. You might remember game two of that series was Saturday. That was the 6-5 in 10 innings where the Orioles scored with their free runner in the top of the 10th. But then the Blue Jays in the bottom of the 10th would, would go strikeout from Chapman, strikeout from Jansen, strikeout from Varshow. And then the next game, the Orioles would complete the sweep on Sunday with the 8-3 victory in 11 innings. Each team scored in the 10th. And then you might remember the Orioles exploded in the 11th off of Jimmy Garcia for five runs. The only well-pitched game in that series for the Blue Jays was Jose Barrios, who is the only starter, well, six-man starter now. I shouldn't say only starter because Manoa will miss it too. I have to get used to the six-man rotation. But anyway, Barrios pitched yesterday, so he will not be part of this series. Again, they've held Mount Ryan Mountcastle in check. Adam Frazier. Blue Jays need to get a better scouting report, need to get a better game plan against Adam Frazier. He has, he's got nine hits against the Jays this season, two home runs and five RBIs. Also had a really good bunt to get the runner from second to third in that 6-5 in that Saturday game. That's how Baltimore scored their run in the 10th off a really good bunt from Adam Frazier. Austin Hayes has eight hits against the Blue Jays already this season. OPS over 1,000. Ryan Hearn's OPS against the Blue Jays this season is over 1,000. He's got a pair of home runs against the Blue Jays and had a game against the Blue Jays where he tied his career high with four RBIs. So absolutely, Toronto Blue Jays, fed attention to these particular batters, please and thank you. The pitching matchups are going to be Gibson versus Kyle Gibson versus Chris Bassett, then Bradish versus Hyunjin Ryu. 
Grayson Rodriguez versus Yusei Kikuchi, and Tyler Wells versus Kevin Gosman. So that's four righties going for Baltimore against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays 48 and 38 this season against righties so far. Now, I like the pitching matchups for the Blue Jays in games one and four of this series. So I'll predict at least a split, which would be significantly better than last time, right? A sweep. And three out of four, one way or the other, is massive in this series. If the Blue Jays can get three out of four, they'll be within three games of Baltimore. I mean, very obviously striking distance. Now, if the Orioles can get three or four, the Blue Jays will be seven games back. Going to have to say, going to have to, you know, not buried, but pretty much buried. You're not, you're not going to catch Baltimore. If the Blue Jays lose this series, they're not going to have a chance to catch the Baltimore Orioles the rest of the season. I do feel that way. That's a wrap for Monday's episode of the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. Reminder that tonight's Blue Jays Orioles tilt is available on SiriusXM. And tune in tomorrow as we'll perhaps have more trade talk to go over. Plus, we'll get set for the return for the first time since June 1st of 2022. Hyunjin Ryu on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. Go Jays go, and we'll talk tomorrow.